Threes up. You know how it be here for the third and final very happy hour here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Every weekday morning when we get to the third hour, 11 a.m. Eastern, up until we leave you at noon, it is happy hour to give you picks, analysis, everything you need to become a better sports better. We bleed the winning edge here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid Network. I am Ben Stevens. This is also the portion of our show we dedicate to the West Coast. It is our West Coast wake up, recapping what happened on the West Coast late last night to get you caught up entering your day ahead. And last night inside Staples Center, that will soon become Crypto.com Arena as of December 25th, also known as Christmas. But in Staples last night, the LA Clippers taking care of business at home, blowing out the San Antonio Spurs by 14, winning. 106 to 92. You heard Alex Fasano mention it there in the sports update. The Clippers covering as an eight point favorite last night. LA has now won eight of their last nine games. They have covered in six of those nine games. They have been a favorite in all nine of those games. Have the LA Clippers. They've been a favorite in all but two games so far this year. Two straight unders now for the Clippers. This total last night was in the two tens. They go two under after four straight overs in the four previous games for the LA Clippers. San Antonio, by the way, and this is something to know from a trend perspective for the entirety of your handicapping across the association. San Antonio is just one of six teams. Yes, just six teams in the entire NBA that have played a majority of their games to the over. Only six teams in the NBA, 50% or more of their games hitting the over so far in this year, but an under last night between the Clippers and the Spurs. Meanwhile, San Antonio is struggling in the early going of this NBA season. Just 4-10 and 10 straight up, just 2-6 and six on the road this year. But from a spread perspective, an ATS perspective, San Antonio hasn't been all that bad. They are 7-7 seven and seven against the number this year, despite being just 4-10 and 10 straight up. In 4-5 and five against the number, when booked as an underdog, San Antonio did not cover last night as an 8-point underdog losing by 14 on the road in Los Angeles. The Clippers have played a ton of home games so far this year, as have the Los Angeles Lakers, who finally hit the road tonight. The Lakers on the road in Milwaukee. The Bucks, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under total, 213-and-a-half, as it does. And this is why I checked the updated lines here in the morning. Oftentimes, you'll look at a line overnight or early going on a day of a huge NBA slate, and there is a ton of action in the association tonight. You will see rapid line movement right now. I saw this this morning at about 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, just about two and a half hours ago. The Lakers were a seven and a half point underdog on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks with a total of 213 and a half. When you go back to the FanDuel Sportsbook right now and check it, the Lakers a nine and a half point underdog two points of movement in Milwaukee's favor in the total is up to 220 and a half 213 and a half was the number for the over under just about two and a half hours ago it is now up by seven points to 220 and a half I often check lines to make sure the number hasn't moved by a point maybe like two points at the absolute most the over under total at 8 30 a.m eastern time two and a half hours ago was it 213 and a hook it is now 220 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. As we welcome in our sports grade radio audience here, the third and final hour of the morning after on this Wednesday. It is a very happy hour. 
on Sirius XM, channel 159, the Mightier 1090, out on the West Coast. I am Ben Stevens. This portion of our show is the West Coast Wake Up, talking about two teams that play their basketball out in Los Angeles, currently inside the Staples Center, soon to be named the Crypto.com Arena in downtown Los Angeles. The Clippers at home last night, dispensing of the San Antonio Spurs 106-92. Tonight, the Lakers actually on the road taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Tons of line movement in this game. Earlier this morning, LA was a seven and a half point underdog. They are now a nine and a half point underdog on the FanDuel Sportsbook. An over under total of 213 and a hook has now risen all the way to 220 and a half. I mentioned this will only be the fourth road game of the entire season so far for Los Angeles. The fourth road game and now their 16th game of the year tonight. So far this season, LA 1-2 and two on the road, also 1-2 and two ATS on the road. They have not been covering by an average margin in those three road contests of 5.7 points per game. This is also only the fifth game they have been booked as an underdog so far this year. 2-2 two and two against the spread are the Lakers as a dog so far this year. Milwaukee, this is the ninth game that they have been a favorite, or this will be the 10th game in 15 games for Milwaukee. They have been booked as a favorite in the previous nine. Five and four against the number are the Milwaukee Bucks, but just one and four ATS at home in the Pfizer Forum so far for the reigning NBA champions in the Milwaukee Bucks. This also begins a five-game road trip for the LA Lakers that begins tonight on a Wednesday in Milwaukee. And then again, talk about that total. 213 and a half just about two hours ago. Now at 220 and a hook on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Has it even reached its peak? Can you work in contrarian view and maybe now take it under? Well, I mentioned it during the Clippers and uh, Spurs recap. Only six teams in the NBA playing a majority of their games to the over. The Lakers certainly one of them. Nine of their 15 games so far hitting the over. That is tied for the most overs in all of the NBA alongside the Charlotte Hornets. The Bucks, meanwhile, 10 of their 14 games so far hitting toward the under. Coming up on the other side of the break, some more NBA talk about the Dallas Mavericks and the Dallas Cowboys. Brady Tinker joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 159. It's a very happy hour in our third and final hour on this Wednesday edition of TMA. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. The reason it is so happy is because we have a great guest list for you in this third and final hour that provides you specific expertise to make you a better sports better. Helping us to do that with one of the biggest games on the marquee for NFL weekend number 11, Brady Tinker, the host of a Cowboy Life podcast covering the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get to the association in a big game for the Mavs later tonight as well. But first and foremost, Brady, thank you for joining us here on the morning after. Good to be here, Ben. Beautiful day in Dallas. This is great Texas weather. We get in late October, November, and early December. Everybody's in a good mood. The Cowboys are playing well. The Mavericks are playing well. The Stars are even doing better the last few games. So things are looking up here. There you go. Good times in Dallas right now. Certainly 
for the Dallas Cowboys in a huge test this upcoming Sunday on the road in Arrowhead. Right now, the Cowboys, a two and a half point underdog, Brady, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that over under of 56 is the highest total by a large margin for the entire week 11 slate in the NFL. What's the approach to this game, Brady, for the Dallas Cowboys and what I think is a statement Sunday opportunity for both of these two NFL organizations? I agree, uh, and I'm seeing it from both sides. As you know, I'm, I'm deep in the Kansas City thing as well. Um, I, I think the Cowboys are doing a better job than the Chiefs are this year at several things, and I have a quote for you. Success isn't owned, it's leased, and rent in the NFL is due every single day. That was a J.J. Watt quote that I overheard from Bob Sturm on the ticket, the great radio station here in Dallas, and I loved it. And I thought, you know, for me, that's the example of the difference between these two teams. The Chiefs earned their success in the last three years, three straight AFC Championship games, two straight Super Bowls, but they've looked like a team this year all year that just thinks they were going to walk right back to that level. The Cowboys, on the other hand, have a new defensive coordinator that has motivated them and is shaping this defense to this minute at getting better and better. So I think this is going to be a great game. I really do. I think both of these teams are ready for this game. I think the Cowboys are more balanced, and that's the reason – the Cowboys getting points here is a mystery to me, really. The Chiefs haven't really played well all year. They're playing better, but they haven't played well. They don't look anything like the team that we've seen the last couple of years, and I don't think they're ready for this game. But this will be a really good football game. I've got it certainly on the under. I think the defenses are both getting better. Uh, the Chiefs get their legs underneath them a little bit on defense, and I think they can do some things to slow the Cowboys down, but the Cowboys are too balanced. Yeah, Brady, when you look at this from a spread perspective, the Dallas Cowboys getting points has not happened often this year. I believe Dallas has only been an underdog three times so far this season. But when they have been an underdog, the Dallas Cowboys, a perfect 3-0 against the spread. The Dallas Cowboys, the second best record against the spread in the entire NFL as well. 8-1 ATS are the Dallas Cowboys. Only the Green Bay Packers, who are 9-1 against the spread, have a better mark. But Dallas and Green Bay, the only two teams in the NFL with just one loss against the number so far this year. Also, Dallas covering by an average margin of 7.7 points per game against that number. The second best margin covering in all of the NFL. And Brady, you focused on that total that got all the way up to 56 as it stands right now. It opened at 55.5. That was the biggest total for the weekend. Now it's 56. You have the Cowboys who have played a majority of their games to the over this year, but three straight unders for Dallas and for the Chiefs prior to Sunday night football last week, it was four straight unders for KC. So why has Dallas's defense started to improve, keeping some of these games to the under? Doing a little bit better job, Ben, at, at limiting big plays. They're still a, a defense that gives up some big plays. They're also still generating turnovers. They had a game or two where they didn't, but Overall, I think they're just understanding more and more what Dan Quinn wants to do, and he continues to run 19 or 20 guys in an offensive formation healthy, except for their two pass rushers, uh, and they have people flying all over the field. And the truth is, Micah Parsons may be one of the best 10 players in the NFL. He's putting his hand down in the dirt. I heard a stat the other day that said Micah Parsons has uh, gotten three and a half sacks in his last 16 attempts at rushing the passer. I mean, that's amazing. Um, and, and that's an unbelievable Yet he's not a man to play with his with his hair. He has made very few mistakes as a rookie. So I think everything at this point begins and ends with him. They will continue to get better as they get their two defensive ends. 
Yeah, I saw a move Micah Parsons made against the Atlanta Falcons to sack Matt Ryan, where he also quote tweeted it and shared it out with Amari Cooper saying, you think your route running is good? Look at how I get to the passer for the opposing team. So right now, Brady, the Dallas Cowboys minus 2,200 to win the NFC East. Those are the best odds for any team in the NFC right now on FanDuel to win their division. And when you look at where the Dallas Cowboys stand, I believe we have this graphic here as well. For the Cowboys to be the top overall seed in the NFC, they are tied for the second shortest odds to do just that right now. Plus 300 are the Dallas Cowboys to be the number one overall seed in this conference. The Packers are the favorites at plus 200. The Cardinals also at plus 300. Those three teams you see right there, and then the Buccaneers at plus 550 as well, all four of the divisional leaders in each division in the NFC at the moment. The Packers have a relatively easy schedule. The Cowboys, it's not all that easy, but they do have the benefit of playing in the NFC East, which right now is obviously not the best division in football. I believe we are having some technical difficulties with Brady Tinker. We will bring him back when Brady is available. But again, as you focus on this huge matchup between the Cowboys and the Chiefs for this upcoming Sunday, you can also focus on two quarterbacks that seemingly are starting to hit their stride. Patrick Mahomes looked a lot better against the Las Vegas Raiders this past Sunday as did Dak Prescott, and that connection certainly with CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns through the air. That connection we have seen between Dak and CD has been great when both have been healthy, and we saw that pay off in a big way against the Atlanta Falcons. The Cowboys winning that game 43-3 because of Dak, because of CD, Zeke getting involved out of the backfield as well. And again, this game went under despite the Cowboys scoring 43 points because that defense stood up so strong against Dan Quinn's former team of where he was a head coach in the Atlanta Falcons. So as we dive through that matchup, the Cowboys and the Chiefs will be a fascinating one in that late window on Sunday. This is by far the largest total of the week yet again, an over-under of 56. Right now, the second highest total, 50.5 on Monday Night Football between the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Kansas City got a huge win over the Raiders on Sunday night, 41 to 14 but that was only the third cover KC has had this year they were favored by two and a half on the road in that game on Sunday night they will be favored by two and a half as it stands right now against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Brady was also going to talk to us a little bit about the NBA and a huge matchup tonight between two of the top three current teams in the NBA Western Conference standings the Dallas Mavericks on the road against the Phoenix Suns right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook the Suns a hefty favorite at home in Phoenix tonight in the Valley of the Sun laying eight and a half points against the Dallas Mavericks as I go and pull up these updated lines because as we saw with the Lakers and the Bucks these can move around quite a lot the Suns an eight and a half point favorite the over under total 212 and a half the Phoenix Suns without a doubt are the hottest team in the NBA at the moment the Suns have won nine straight games nine straight games for Phoenix so far this year and when you look at the Suns record against the spread so far this season Phoenix eight and five against the number the Dallas Mavericks did beat the LA Lakers I believe it was or the Denver Nuggets excuse me just a couple of days ago but Dallas so far just five and eight against the number Phoenix eight and five against the number as a favorite so far this year of an eight and a half point spread is where Phoenix is tonight. Phoenix seven and four against the number. They have been favored in 11 of their 13 previous games. 
12 of their 14 if you take into account that eight and a half point spread tonight against the Dallas Mavericks a great late night game in the Valley of the Sun in the association thank you to Brady Tinker for joining us when he was here before those technical difficulties he's the host of a Cowboy Life podcast coming up next some PGA Tour plays with Cam Rogers the RSM Classic maybe even some match that's next here on the grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Morning after on this Wednesday rolls on right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on Cam Rogers, as we do every Wednesday for some PGA Tour plays ahead of the RSM Classic, maybe even the Match 5. We talk about that a little bit, <laughs> and maybe some NFL early leans as well. Cam can do it all because he is the host of the Lock It In podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, a sampling of everything across the sports landscape. Cam, we will begin with the PGA Tour, but before we even do that, thank you for coming back on the morning after. What's going on, Ben? Yes, this week is the RSM Classic, the final PGA Tour event of this calendar year. But you know what? I'm rearing wow. up for the match, baby, next week. Bryson versus Brooks. Maybe they'll have a boxing match at the end of it. It's going to be exciting. So, Cam, the final event of the PGA Tour year in this calendar session before we go to Hawaii to start things in 2022. What should we know about the basics of the RSM Classic and the golf course these PGA Tour players will play this weekend? First of all, it's going to be absolutely beautiful on your TV screens, on your iPads, what have you. Sea Island Resort, they will be playing on two different golf courses. So somewhat like at mm. the Pebble Beach National Pro-Am, right? They'll be playing at Seaside and Plantation. So the Seaside golf course will be the course they'll play on during the weekend as well. The Plantation course is like a marshland style of golf course that the players will play once either thursday or friday so you have a little bit of a rotation and it's a plotter type of event right we're talking about guys who can hit fairways can get hot with the putter you look at the past winners here not exactly bombers off the tee guys who have multiple top 10 finishes here kevin kisner zach johnson webb simpson camilla b jacus these guys won't blow you away with their distance game right so i'm really keying in on that style of golfer this week. You can never shut out distance because in general, from a macro perspective, distance is a big time advantage. But I think for this week in particular, you have guys who are typically at a disadvantage with distance who can play well here. That's why I'm on guys like Kisner and Webb this week. Cam, you mentioned Webb Simpson. A past champion is Webb. He is also one of the co-favorites entering this week with Scotty Scheffler. Webb Simpson right now, plus 1400 14 to 1 to win this golf tournament as we say every week cam but it's worth a reminder the reason the favorites are plus 1400 is because to pick an outright winner is very difficult to do but if it's hard to do we ask cam rogers to do it so cam who are you looking at on this board right now to win the rsm classic outright ben i think i'm close man i think i'm close to nailing it outright all right i can feel it in my bones i'm not on 
Webb Simpson this week. It's interesting. You look at this board, courtesy of FanDuel Sportsbook, you see 14, 20, 30, and then it just like jumps to 60 and 70, right? So it's a very top heavy field here this week. I am going with Corey Connors, 22 to 1 to win the RSM Classic. This guy is due. It has been way too long when we're talking about hitting fairways, greens, and getting hot with that putter. Mr. Corey Connors is your guy. Great course history here. Three for three. T23 in 2018. T10 in 2020. Fourth best player in this field on golf courses less than 7,200 yards. That will be the case this week on both the C side course and the plantation course. And then the knock on Corey Connors is, of course, been the flat stick. I mean, you can get pretty darn bad with that club. But you know what? He's playing on Bermuda this week. That is his best surface compared to any other surface on the PGA Tour. So if there is a week where he can find something with that putter, it's this week at the RSM Classic. Corey Connors, he was 27-1, to 1, I think, last night when I checked. And obviously that number is getting shorter here on FanDuel, but with good reason. 22-1, to 1, I'm going Corey this week. So Webb Simpson right now, one of the co-favorites. We're not looking at him in the outright market, but maybe then some plus money in the finishing positions market. Who do you have finishing top 10 this weekend? Yeah, I haven't gone to the top 10 market all that much recently, but I think it's time to dabble a little bit here, Ben. Obviously, Webb Simpson is on my card in that regard. Three top three finishes, but never a win here. And if somebody bets Webb Simpson at 14 to 1, like I'm not going to chalk you out of it. Totally understand why. This is a Webb style course. Webb plays well at courses Webb likes. Think about Sedgefield for the Wyndham Championship, right? This is very much a similar sort of layout. So T15 recently at the Summit Club. He's playing pretty decently. I like a top 10 for him as well. Kevin Kisner, plus 470 to get this done. This is a Kisner type of golf course. You know, it's interesting here. He won at Sedgefield a few weeks ago, and he went in, Ben, with like zero form. I think he was bleeding strokes to the field in his previous tournament. So just forget about recent form when we're talking about Kevin Kisner. He, too, plays well at Kisner types of golf courses. I think he plays well here this week. A top 10 is very much in reason, in my opinion. And then Russell Henley there, as you see on the board. I like this play. Plus 240. Iron game is red hot. Strung together top 10s at Sea Island from 2015 to 2017. He was the first-round co-leader last week at the Houston Open. Ended up finishing T7. I think that's a pretty solid play there as well. And you see Neiman, Norman, Norman and... Uh, Vito Pereira for top 20s. I think those are some solid plays. Norn is a guy who hits a ton of fairways. Really good with his short game. Makes a lot of sense to me. Mito is the number one player with his irons in this field over the last 24 rounds. I think that matters here this week. He was third at the Fortinet Championship not too long ago. Joaquin Neiman is too talented for me to not bet on him for a top 20 at plus 220. So I like that play as well as Denny McCarthy, who can get hot with that putter at any point. And then finally, you saw that missed cut prop there, Ben. Luke List, this one is sort of out of nowhere, but there's like a funny reason why. So his last four starts, right? T11, missed cut, T7, missed cut. So he's alternating, right? His recent finish was T11. He's going to miss the cut this week. That's like the only logical reasoning. But more so than that, he's missing the cuts at the Birdie Fest events. And he's playing well at the grinder type of events. Last week was a grinder event, the Houston Open, difficult golf course. This week, more of a resort style, birdie fest. 
I don't know if Luke List will make the cut there in that regard. So obviously he likes the tougher conditions. This week will not be the case. Plus 112, missed cut. Why not? Cam, I think it's pretty interesting that you have Webb as one of the co-favorites right now at 14 to 1, yet to finish top 10. He's actually down the board a little bit, still at plus 280 yeah. to finish in the top 10 as one of the favorites at plus 1400. So maybe a ton of value on Webb Simpson in that top 10 market to finish in the top 10 at the RSM Classic at plus 280. So Cam, as we end out this regular season of sorts in the PGA Tour in this calendar year, we also look forward to a great event, the match number five between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka coming up Thanksgiving weekend. What should we know about the format first for this match between Brooks and Bryson? I am so excited. The match is back, baby. Let's go. Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, both minus 112 on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's going to be a busy week of content for me next week as well. So it's 12 holes, match play, straight up. Let's see what happens. Here's the deal. Brooks Kepka has been playing on the PGA Tour, but not well. Like, he's missing cuts badly, and that's concerning for me. I would sprint to the FanDuel Sportsbook right now and bet on Bryson DeChambeau. This could end before 12 holes. I'm telling you right now because mm. there's a reason why Bryson hasn't played since the Tour Championship, right? He's gearing up for this. He's crunching the numbers. He's studying the golf course out there in Las Vegas, getting ready to take down his rival, who maybe isn't a rival anymore, in Brooks Kepka. So I think Bryson is doing it right right now. Brooks is trying to get right on the PGA Tour, but that's not happening. So if you look at that regard, right, the fact that Brooks is not playing well and that Bryson is sort of in his tunnel, crunching the numbers, being the mad scientist that he is. I am on Bryson DeChambeau. That's my early lean. We'll see if things change. They probably won't. But I think it's going to be an absolutely fun event. And again, even money, minus 112 on both sides, I would go with Bryson. Yeah, I think FanDuel is just throwing up minus 112 right now to be like, yeah, we'll figure this out by the time we get to the right. Friday after Thanksgiving. And then there will be plenty more options on the board, I'm sure, from a hole-by-hole -hole basis for the match between Bryson and Brooks. Two guys that apparently don't like each other, but we'll see exactly what that trash talk looks like out on the course the Friday following Thanksgiving. Quickly here, Cam, you're wearing your Baltimore Ravens polo. A couple of early NFL leans for you. The Ravens minus six against the Bears. That's fine. You're picking Baltimore. All good. But talk to me about Lions money line mm -hmm. plus 370 for the Detroit Lions to get their first win of the year. What's the confidence like in Dan Campbell and company right now? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ben, this is the one lean that I don't have a lot of data to back up on because honestly, here's the deal. Every single week so far this NFL season, there has been a head scratching result. And yep. I think this is the head scratching result this week. The Lions plus 360. Here's the situation with the Browns. I don't know what it is. Like, they're like dysfunctional right now. I have no idea how they come back from getting destroyed against the New England Patriots last week and being able to take down a Detroit Lions team that is kind of weird to say, but riding momentum after that tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road, I guess, right? I mean, they have to be feeling better knowing they're not going to go 0-17. So, look, these guys are professionals. This is the National Football League. This isn't Georgia versus Vanderbilt. You know what I mean? This is a situation where just the craziness of the NFL can happen. And, again, I don't have a lot of data to back it up. But I think this is going to be one of those wild results where the Lions win and maybe they lose out, 
But you know what? I'm going with it. Why not? Why not, Cam? Sometimes the best bet is just saying, yeah, we'll go with it. We'll see what happens. And a small sprinkle for plus 370 on the money line for the Detroit Lions to get their first one of the year. Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you, as always. More in the morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM, Channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on a guy we call DMB, Drew Martin Betts, back on the morning after to help us handicap college football, entering the second to last Saturday of the regular season. Maybe even a couple of college basketball bets to know on this Wednesday evening. Drew, great to have you back here on the morning after. Ben Stevens, Big Ten Ben, I am DMB, not Dave Matthews Band, Drew Martin Betts, and I am always happy to be on the morning after breaking down some college football, college football playoff rankings, the betting-wise, wherever you want to go, Big Ten Ben, I'm down, man. I know I can trust you, Drew, in anything we need to discuss. And the team that checked back inside the top 10 last night at number 10 in the country in the latest CFP poll, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons with a huge game on Saturday, Drew, that with a win, Wake wraps up the Atlantic Division crown for the ACC and will earn a berth in that ACC championship game, most likely against Pittsburgh. And in that way of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons this Saturday, Clemson. And right now in Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina, the Tigers a four and a half point favorite, Drew, against Wake Forest this upcoming weekend. I'm not so sure why Clemson is a favorite in this game. Do you believe the Tigers should be favored over Wake Forest? Um, I, you know, in terms of deserved Big Ten, possibly just because of their their you know last few years' performance being the more dominating squad. Also, if you look at how they've dominated Wake Forest in the past years, sure, I could see why they did it. However, I put so much more emphasis on what has happened on the field this season. And that points me to the Demon Deacons, Big Ten, Ben. I like Wake Forest. Heck, I've liked them all season long. They've been a great bet, especially towards uh, towards the latter part of the season. And, hey, if you want to make an argument for Clemson, you know, the recruiting-wise, they have the advantage. Um, I don't know if I'd say coaching-wise, at least that far of a break over Wake hmm. Forest. But, hey, at home, they have still kind of dominated. You know, Death Valley, South Carolina can be a tough place to play. However, their offense, yes, it has played better. It's just not clicking nearly the same as Sam Hartman and company with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This is a mature squad, a well-coached squad. You can go on the road and play very good football here. Ben, I like Wake Forest here. I took them plus the points at the opener. Obviously, the market has worked against me. There's more people, uh, or at least bigger money, um, on the other side of that, pushing this up to four and a half. So I bid again here, Wake Forest plus four and a half. Also like them on the money line, plus 170. Um, you know, obviously risk 100 to win 170 if they win this game outright. Wake Forest, um, their offense is just, 
I don't want to say unstoppable. You know, it'd be a, it'd be almost fun to see if it was, you know, number one, Georgia and number four, Wake Forest, what their offense would be able to do. I do think they'd be able to punch it in the end zone at least a couple times against the best defenses out there in the country. So I think they're going to get theirs offensively. Sure. Is Clemson going to be able to move the ball? Absolutely. But yards don't necessarily translate to the scoreboard. And I think Wake Forest's defense yeah. will be able to cause enough turnovers here to keep them on top, be able to go on the road and win this game. So, hey, I like Wake Forest here, Ben. A couple of things to note about this game. When you look at that over-under total of 57 and a hook, Wake Forest, who has one of the best scoring offenses in the entire country, has played to the over in five of their last six games. They are averaging mm-hmm. hitting an over by 9.8 points per game wake forest can certainly score and this 57 and a hook would be the second lowest total of the entire year for wake forest also clemson is a favorite they have been a favorite in all but two acc games since the 2014 season back in 2014 and earlier this campaign against pittsburgh as a favorite this year Clemson is a porous two and seven against the number, not covering by an average margin of more than a touchdown per game. I am on the same page as Drew. I'm not sure why this line has moved up to four and a half in Clemson's favor, but I think Wake Forest wins this game outright. The Demon Deacons right now, the second shortest odds to win the ACC at plus 180. Pittsburgh, the odds on favorites at minus 160. Drew, another game in the ACC you're looking at this weekend. Florida State, in Boston College, not one that has an impact on the ACC Conference Championship race, but maybe some profitability in the second to last Saturday of the college football regular season. What's the approach for the Knowles and the Eagles? Sure, absolutely, Ben. I mean, one just kind of honing in on the Florida State Seminoles. Yes, they played better football of late, just going up against really their arch rival in Miami, the Sunshine State battle there, and they were able to win the game. So you kind of got to tip your cap there. But overall, their football team, you know, kind of some question marks really all over the field, you know, talent wise, kind of down there in Tallahassee. Uh, quarterback play with Jordan Travis, it's been there, but at the same time, not next level. And talking about quarterback play here with Boston College, we get their quarterback back, Phil Jerkovich. And sure enough, they've won two games uh, w- with him behind center, and they're back at home here. And whenever we're getting a Florida team traveling up to the Northeast in the month of November, Kind of alarm clocks go off in my head, man. That's not really a bet on situation. Add on the fact the sandwich spot here for Florida State in in between their two uh, biggest rivals, Miami and Florida here. uh, This is not a bet on spot for Florida State. I think this spot has quit written all over it. I like Boston College and I like Boston College uh, by double digits here. So if you can find an alternative line as well, I would look Mm. to ride the Eagles here. I think Boston College wins going away, Ben. And there would be some really good plus money on an alternate line because right now, BC, just a one and a half point favorite at home against Florida State on Saturday. Another great game this weekend, Drew. UTSA, the Roadrunners, meet meep. One of three remaining unbeatens in all of college football. Just Georgia, uh, excuse me, Georgia, Cincinnati, and UTSA, the only remaining unbeaten teams left in the entire country. This week, The Roadrunners get a tough test against UAB, UTSA at home in San Antonio, a four and a half point favorite, the over under total 53 in a hook. Drew, can the good times keep rolling for the Roadrunners of Texas, San Antonio? 
I mean, this is a team, it would be tough to step in front of. Talking about the Roadrunners here, they are at home. I know they didn't cover their last game out against Southern Miss, but uh, the fact that they won the game by 10 points, I don't know that I would put too, too much into that. This point spread a lot lower here. And hey, we have to give credit to the Blazers of UAB. This is a solid program. Ever since, really, Ben, they came back into college football. I mean, Bill Clark, one of the more underrated head coaches in all of college football. Kind of surprised he hasn't gotten a bigger job by now, especially because this is a program that went away from college football. They dropped the program, and then everybody came up up in arms, came back in, what, 2017, I believe, around that time frame, and pretty much have been a perennial bowl team ever since then. They got big boys up front. They've recruited well. They're in Birmingham. You know, their their recruiting base is very strong as well. They're kind of getting the kids that aren't going to Auburn and Alabama. Hey, UAB's right on them. So you got to give them credit there. They played good football of late as well. They're gone up against, uh, you know, Marshall covering that spread easily. They have had a couple, you know, letdown spots here, but this isn't going to be a letdown spot at all. You know, they got UTSA circled. One of only three teams to be undefeated at this point in the season. Very impressive stuff from UTSA. So, uh, I don't know. Tough to go against UAB, but at the same time, Ben, I don't like jumping in front of these trends, and it sounds like UTSA is just snowballing right now in terms of, and I mean a money-making snowball here on UTSA. So it would be the Roadrunners or Pass, a game that I haven't bet of yet, though, Ben. True. UTSA last week, you mentioned it, a 32-and-a-half-point favorite against Southern Mississippi. They did not come close to covering that pregame number, but on in-game live, Gurinari and I on Saturday jumped on Texas San Antonio, only laying six-and-a-half right before the halftime break, and that is some more profitability on the Roadrunners, who are just one of five teams in all of college football that has an 8-2 and record against the spread. UAB, not much worse than that. Six, three, and one against the number so far this year. Should be a great group of five matchup in Conference USA on Saturday. One to keep an eye on. Again, Texas San Antonio, a four and a half point favorite against Alabama Birmingham. Not just using the initials there, all of it to detail how great of a game that's going to be on Saturday. Drew, another big one in the Big 12 because entering last weekend, UTSA was one of five undefeated teams in college football and then Oklahoma lost as well but OU still has an outside shot of maybe making a college football playoff appearance at least according to the FanDuel Sportsbook plus 225 right now to make the CFP on the FanDuel Sportsbook and Oklahoma looks to bounce back this weekend against Iowa State. Drew I've already seen some movement in this line. I saw it earlier this week on Monday afternoon the Sooners favored by five and a half points in Norman. Now just a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cyclones of Iowa State. A big matchup in the Big 12. Drew, do you think Lincoln Riley and company used this bounce-back spot to get right? You know, I I, I do, Ben. And uh, this is a game I have not bet of, uh, of right now. However, if it does get to the number of three, we're seeing the Sooners like you just uh, teed up there, Ben, down to minus three-and-a-half-point favorites. A lot of money, a lot of opinions here on the Cyclones. And this is a Cyclones team that came into the season, you know, highly regarded. They got the quarterback. They got the coaching. However, they haven't played that great of football of late. So when you're asking a team like that to go on the road, tough place to play in Norman against really just a one-loss team in Oklahoma. I know people kind of writing them off here. But the fact is, you know, against the spread, Iowa State's dropped three of their last four games. So price point-wise, 
I think they're actually getting a little bit too much respect here. And it actually might be a buy low opportunity on Oklahoma. So um, I haven't bet it at the minus three in the hook number. Of course, that is a very, very important, probably the most important three to three and a half to two and a half here in sports betting for uh, the sport of football. But overall, hey, I would look to bet Oklahoma in this spot, Ben. I really would. I don't think they're out of it. From the playoff standpoint, I think if they win out, they win the Big 12. Keep in mind, they're going to have to go up against Oklahoma State. That you know, that is a good Oklahoma State team as well. They got a shot at the playoff, yeah. outside shot anyway. It's going to be really crazy how this playoff shakeup go- comes down the end of the stretch. I mean, you know, Georgia versus Alabama. Uh, could Alabama really get in with two losses? I hope not. But hey, we'll see what happens here, Ben. But overall, man, I'm looking to bet on Oklahoma in this spot. Drew, War Eagle, next week, just knock off Alabama in the Iron Bowl. That Take care of that, and then we're good the rest of the way for the college football playoff. Huge games this weekend, and like you mentioned there, Drew, Oklahoma been booked as a favorite in every game, as has Iowa State. This is the first game all year. The Cyclones have been an underdog. Oklahoma State, meanwhile, a huge matchup against Texas Tech on the road for the Cowboys, laying 10.5 as the road favorites in that game. Quickly here, Drew, only about 30, 45 seconds left. Any plays tonight for college basketball that we should know about? Oh, college basketball. You want to go a little uh, uh, hoops action? Actually, I was looking yeah, to get on the it. Oakland team. Oakland versus Toledo. I don't know if you've uh, kind of done done any research here on the Oakland Grizzlies. This is the Oakland A's, anything like no. that. Oakland Grizzlies. They went um, on the road and beat Oklahoma State. This is a team that plays a little bit unique of a defense here, and it's catching teams off guard. So uh, in a price point of uh, nearly a pick against the MAC team of Toledo, I actually like Oakland here, Ben, in a team that I actually think will make uh, a punch a ticket into NCAA March Madness, and I don't believe that they're going to be priced the same as they are right now coming out of the Horizon League later in the season. So I think we can cash cash some tickets with them here in the month of November and December. So tonight starts it with Oakland tonight, Ben. You heard it from Drew Martin Betts. Oakland, out of the state of Michigan, a Horizon League favorite, will make an appearance in the big dance in the month of March. That's how Drew Martin Betts does it. Drew, thank you so much. Our best bets for some action as well. Coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Round out this Wednesday edition of the morning after right here, right now on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. I am Ben Stevens. Before we say farewell, before we say bye-bye, it is a goodbye for you. It is also a Wednesday chock full of matching on the gridiron in the middle of November. So before we say goodbye... It is time for Bye Bye Bye. (laughs) 
George Belecci, who joined us in the second hour of this show, I'm not sure he even realized when he said bye, bye, bye on a number, but he said it three times to stress the importance of getting in now. That's what we do each and every day with our bye, bye, bye best bet. And now our attention is on the MAC tonight. Northern Illinois, the top team in the MAC, up against Buffalo. We are looking at the over-under total of 59 and a half. The action is hectic. It can be crazy. It can be wild, which often leads to over. So we are taking the over of a 59 and a hook for an over-under total between Northern Illinois and Buffalo. We have also seen a little bit of movement in this spread. As I mentioned, the Huskies of NIU were a slight pick'em underdog entering today. Now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, NIU laying one and a half on the road against the Buffalo Bulls. But we look at the total more than anything, 59 and a half. Why? Because NIU has played three of their last four games to an over. Buffalo, two straight games to the over as well. And Buffalo has allowed 44 points and 45 points to their opponents in the last two games for the Buffalo Bulls. Northern Illinois, by the way, is averaging 33.2 points per game in action so far this year, the Huskies can add it up. I think we will see some craziness on this Wednesday in the MAC. Over 59 and a half for Northern Illinois and Buffalo tonight on a Wednesday, the morning after each and every weekday, right here on the grid. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. We keep you set. I'm Ben Stevens. Talk to everybody tomorrow. We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do. Do you like winning? What a coincidence. So